Welcome back. What the heck is up? (laughs) (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Mike Watkins. And I'm Avery Friedman. And we are bringing you a midterms election week episode of, it's not related, but that's just what happened (laughs) this week, of Arts Interrupted. This is actually a genre bender episode. So, hey. Yeah, but we do have some politics related stuff to talk about uh, as far as our weekly recap goes. We got Trump saying that he doesn't know who Lil John is, even though Lil John was on his show, Celebrity Apprentice. So, lie. Noteworthy. <laughs> um, Wrong. <laughs> we also have um, artists promoting uh, voting with some exclusive merch and concert tickets at voting stations, which is pretty sweet. Frank Ocean gave away this cool t-shirt that kind of called out the 42% of citizens who don't vote. Uh, it was this cool like tie-dye design. And then Travis Scott gave away some exclusive tickets for the, uh, the, Houston, the Houston stop on his Astroworld tour. So there's some voting incentives. Uh, hopefully you got some of them this past week. And then in non-political news, well, this could be political, (laughs) depending on your take on the situation, but Ariana Grande was apparently named Woman of the Year by Billboard. And at first, I was like, why the heck? But then, in (laughs) recounting, this girl's had a year. She (laughs) had a really, really unfortunate incident at her concert in England. There was a bombing, and then she had multiple boyfriends, one being Mac Miller, who recently passed away and then she got engaged to Pete Davidson and then they broke off the engagement Mm -hmm. and now she just released a song called Thank You Next thanking all of her exes and uh, explaining how they helped her (laughs) move forward in herself so yeah that's a crazy 18 months but apparently she won woman of the year yeah doesn't seem that hard to argue with pretty good artist um, would say so. <laughs> Forgot the fact she su- sung at Aretha Franklin's funeral. What the heck? <laughs> She's done so many things. Credentials are debatable for that one, but... To- yes. In local news, the popular venue in Mexican town in Detroit, El Club, uh, has been under some scrutiny lately because the owner, Graham Flegenheimer, has stepped down after a former employee made a post on Facebook that alleged Flegenheimer grossly underpaid and mistreated particular workers and exhibited some predatory behavior with some other general sketchy shit on the side. So Flegenheimer is looking like a bad dude lately, and L Club is kind of worse for the wear as well. In other music news, Connor Oberst of Bright Eyes fame released two songs. Shout out Sean Lang. (laughs) Uh, so go ahead and take a listen to those. Also on Sunday, the indie rock female supergroup Boy Genius will be playing at the Majestic Theater in yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Boy Genius consists of Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers, and Julian Baker. And they have gotten a ton of press recently because they are amazing. And um, I guess the format of their concert is... Phoebe and Julian play solo sets and they come together as boy genius at the end. And a friend of mine recently just saw them in Brooklyn for one of their first shows. They were also on Seth Meyers and I'm really excited. Yeah, so you guys should all come. <laughs> for for the listeners who don't know like the significance of these 
three powerful indie artists. Would you mind like giving a little info about why it's so significant that they're playing together? Yeah, so I'm not an extreme expert, but Julian and Phoebe are both kind of indie staples as of late. Um, Julian released a really well-received album, I think a year ago, called Turn Out the Lights. Um, I personally haven't given it the time and attention it deserves, but people are really obsessed. Um, I love the song Appointments from there. I personally am obsessed with Phoebe Bridger's most recent album called Stranger in the Alps, Motion Sickness, and Georgia, and I'm trying to think of the other really popular songs. Smoke Signals really have taken off. She's from LA, and yeah, it's just rare to see, and I also don't know that much about Lucy Dacus. She's a little lower profile than the than the aforementioned two, but it's really rare, I think, to see artists of this caliber with similar fan bases come together for a collaborative effort, and so it's really exciting for a lot of people yeah. who are super into indie folky music sounds like a must see indeed hit up majestic <laughs> theater and that's it for our roundup except for the fact that i need you all to check out just go to www.youtube.com and look up fergie doing cartwheels and you will not be disappointed your whole week maybe month will be made um it's actually unbelievable i've seen the video and i <laughs> it really is worth it it's really unbelievable you need to watch it so that wraps up our weekly roundup and today we'll be bringing you the fourth installation of our music series called genre bender and in this episode mike and arts writer steven satarino spoke to the daily zone don paul Sinelli about his obsession and expertise within the genre of pop punk music <laughs> My name is Dominic Pulsinelli. I'm an avid fan of punk rock for the most part. Give us a little, as best you can, a little summary, a little rundown of how you would define punk rock and why you take to it. Historically speaking, punk was anything counterculture. So punk was super queer, uh, anti-capitalist, etc. In like post 2000, is when it like broke into the mainstream with like Fall Out Boy, um, a lot of pop punk, Blink-182, etc. got a little bit more tweeny, but not necessarily bad, just different ethos, I'd say. And so are you endorsing Fall Out Boy? Absolutely. <laughs> Pre-breakup Fall Out Boy, 100%. <laughs> so what about the genre do you find especially like admirable? Is it the sound? Is it the energy? Or is it the lyrics and the message, or is it some combination of both? Uh, definitely not the sound, because punk began on kids that didn't know how to play music, <laughs> and they wrote really shitty music. Like, the Sex Pistols didn't know how to play music. They just wanted to scream into a microphone, mm -hmm. and that's how they got famous. I definitely wouldn't say it's, you know, instrumental, but, like, lyrically, a lot of it covers a lot of, like, important themes of growing up, especially when you're, like, a pissed-off kid from the suburbs. So probably the energy in the lyrics for yeah. the most part. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the energy, when I think about punk, I kind of think the energy comes from like the lack of skill almost like they don't know how to play correctly. So they kind of just make noise and that is like almost it's quality. You know what I mean? Uh, 
Um, if you're talking about like 70s, 80s punk, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s was when they were like, oh, melody's kind of important. Yeah. Um, who, like, like who would that be? Some acts? Like really Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy like came okay. through with like his like bluesy, like beautiful voice. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh shit. Fall Out Boy started out in the hardcore scene of Chicago. And like when he, when they started playing shows, people were like, this fucking sucks. Like his voice is <laughs> beautiful <laughs> like, we didn't sign up for this pop shit um, That's super funny. and then they you know they blew up like they didn't even have a name when they started playing shows someone was like just be fallout boy and like that was their name um so i assume as we've we kind of touched on this as many like fans of punk uh like kind of have did you get into this genre in your teen years when you're like dealing with adolescence and growth and like is that how you kind of like came to it i was really young i was 10 when my cousin recommended fallout boy and silver scene to me so i got very deep into from under the cork tree and oh damn it um it's the album with waterfront and the name by silver scene i'm blanking on it right now but um i was very into those records at 10 i found green day shortly after paramore shortly after then i hit like my full scene phase with like we came as romans all time low made a parade a day to remember so got very very pop punk after that so for for the listeners when you say i've kind of like sort of wanted this too when you say like a scene kid or a scene phase i sort of just assumed kind of like what it is but would you mind like describing exactly what that would be like what do you mean by that the easiest way to describe a scene kid is someone who would enjoy a large chunk of bands that would be on any given warp tour. Okay. Like warp tour grew out of that subculture of the early two thousands. Like that's how old warp tour is like RIP, but it needed to die. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it is anyone that, you know, mm-hmm. likes to throw down in a pit in a dirty ass parking lot with a bunch of teenagers. Where does the name like scene come from? Do you, are you... it's like the music scene, okay. like the okay. punk so scene, but I wouldn't say that, Punk is mutually exclusive to scene kids. Like the scene kids grew out of punk into yeah. something like metalcore, mm-hmm. pop punk, shit like that. Uh-huh. Um, but like punk was not the scene. It was just counterculture when it started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that punk and other of its like semi-related genres have any like sort of negative connotations or things that people like assume about it and absolutely yeah. What, yeah. W- what would you say about um that? i mean it's mostly associated with you know bratty white kids from the suburbs <laughs> yeah. very like heterosexual like very to- like toxic masculinity you know there's the whole like no clit in the pit bullshit from the early 2000s like wow i've yeah. never heard that i've never heard that oh it's rough it's a rough scene um so it's, which is getting better yeah admittedly i just went to a fiddler show last night and like they do like an all girls pit during one of their songs and like it was a pretty like diverse crowd for like a, a west coast punk show mm-hmm. for like a skate punk band so hmm. um strides have been made for sure but it definitely grew out of like a pretty toxic period was there was there a specific act or like time in the history of punk that helped kind of progress things or has it just sort of been as time has gone on people um, have become more aware i think it got it started good and then got bad when it got into like the mainstream and i don't know why exactly that happened other than i guess the bands that got famous were all white dudes mostly like fall out boy like 182 saves the day was huge back then um let me think the starting line but like in the 70s and 80s like punk bands were 
pretty diverse and like a lot of them were queer a lot of them were like african-american like it was a pretty diverse crowd when it first started and then it became dominated by famous white dudes is how i would describe it interesting so what do you think has brought it kind of like corrected its trajectory in the recent years maybe just like general social I think, consciousness yeah i think generally like we've gotten better as like a world yeah like like <laughs> we're getting there we're, we're getting, getting there, there. <laughs> um in terms of like queer visibility and like minority visibility in general so i mean there's the whole shit with like power bottom you know they were making huge waves in the queer community as like a punk band they were a punk duo and then the allegations came out against them harassing one of their fans um and manipulating one of their fans which was like very hard for queer people because it was like finally there was like this band like merging queer and punk again and then they were like a year later were you know revealed to be shitty people but there have been a lot more artists like that that are punk adjacent if not just punk like pedal is an amazing queer artist um they do amazing things uh let me think now now is a really awesome like indie pop duo that's associated with you know like the music scene so like strides are still being made but this might be me generalizing or assuming, but from what I've heard about punk's origins and like the sex pistols and stuff, a lot of the band members like could be accused of like sexual misconduct and things like that. And I've heard that like for whatever reason, it's like prevalent in like punk. Would you agree with that? Or is that a completely false assumption? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, like not a false assumption. Okay. There's been a lot of, you know, revelations outings of yeah. people being awful and it's hard because that gets a lot of publicity mm-hmm. rightfully so but like there are also artists doing really amazing things which i wrote about a year ago like modern baseball before they broke up like made the push for gender inclusive bathrooms against me's front woman laura jane grace is like a one of the biggest trans advocates there is right now and she's an incredible human being so yes that assumption's not incorrect but it sucks that it overshadows the things that are going well in punk music too. So do you have a song or a snippet of a song that you think would exemplify what we're talking about? Coming Clean by Green Day, because it's not only like queer adjacent, but also like breakout of pop punk with, with Dookie, kind of like the merger of the punk scene, the popular scene, queer adjacent. Cool. And it brings a lot of good perspectives together. Let's give her a listen.
it's a lot of like clashing, a lot of like emotion, energy, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like punk. Sounds yeah. like Yeah. Can can I ask the question? I heard you spent some time on the road. I have <laughs> spent time on the road. <laughs> I, I just wanna hear thirty seconds about that. Okay. Well, why? Why? I don't. I don't really understand why. Why there's like a holdup. I guess, but I don't know. Hey, if you don't want to talk about no, it, no, I can talk about it. Just trying to like sort out my insanity. Um, oh, I, I want to hear it all. I want to hear it all. So my favorite band <laughs> <laughs> and my third favorite band t- decided to tour together this summer, past summer. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just follow this down the East Coast and have my grandparents pick me up in Florida. Perfect. They did. <laughs> I went to eight dates from Pittsburgh to NYC, New Jersey, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. So can you buy like a like a groupie weekend pass or did you have to buy the tickets individually? The um, I <laughs> kind of uh, I was friends with their slash I am friends with their one of their managers. Okay. So um, he just we're kind of friends with them at this point. Yeah, they gave out a groupie pass. Okay. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. Fantastic. <laughs> is this kind of attachment to an artist especially prevalent in this genre? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why I know. is that? Is that because this genre has a tendency to like save teens and it kind of like Oh, interesting. Do you know what I mean? Maybe save maybe these teens. maybe these listeners feel like these bands are a massive part of their like coming of age almost and like adolescence. I would say that's true for me. I don't know about everyone. Mm-hmm. I just can't speak to the collective because I don't ask people why they're crazy. <laughs> um, and frankly, I don't really care that much, but I've made like very cool friends who I see at a lot of shows because of it. And I know people across the United States because of it. So I would say mostly a positive thing, but after doing those eight dates in a row, <laughs> I don't think I would ever ever in my life do that again it was just like stupid and exhausting and i was like this was a foolish way to knock out two birds with one stone (laughs) but i think i'm stronger for the experience i guess yeah yeah i like to hear it so one final thing if you could give a little like plug for the punk genre to bolster maybe for our listeners it's appreciate appreciation what would you say? What would you say to bring more people? I mean, listen to anything pre-2000, I guess. Unless it's Fall Out Boy. But, yeah, modern punk is mostly shit. So, oh, okay. listen to pop music. Don't listen to punk music. Hmm. <laughs> but if you are going to listen to punk music, Green Day, Fugazi, Sex Pistols. Would you advise a certain mindset or like perspective while listening to kind hmm. of make it more admirable? Um, yeah, I, I would say go into it thinking about what makes you maddest about the world, whether that's, you know, social, economic, foreign policies, etc. There's a lot to be pissed off about in the world and a lot of punk music. Just like start with NPR. Yeah. And then transition to punk. Exactly. Listen to NPR. Then whenever your blood is boiling, (laughs) flip on some Fugazi and you'll be good. (laughs)
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Arts Interrupted, the fourth installment in the Genre Bender series. We'd like to give a big shout out to daily arts writer, actually editor now, Dom Paulzinelli, for sharing some very personal info about pop punk with us. And to Brad Gerwin for producing our theme music. Our hosts are Michael Watkins and Avery Friedman, and this episode also featured daily arts writer Stephen Satterino. Mm-hmm. And it is produced by me, Olive Scott. And me, Sean Lang. Our junior producers are Livy McKenzie and John Fabie Baby Fabian. We'll see you next week. Tune in for some stuff. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!